Good morning. Good morning. Waking with the Stop. word. the day in the word. Give yourself a shake and grab yourself a coffee. And a cup of tea. Waking, Waking with the word. Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Waking with the Word. We're still in our series, Finding the Kingdom of Heaven after Easter. The disciples had been brought to the point where they finally knew that anything and everything they wanted, they had to seek the Lord. They finally came to the point where they knew that everything and anything they thought about, expected, desired, wanted to make happen, yearned for, felt they needed, they had to seek the Lord. They finally came to the point where they realised that doing what he said was the most valuable thing they could ever do. They also came to the point where they realised that although they obeyed him, they could not control the outcome of obeying him. They realised that what their job was, was just to obey, just to follow, not to decide where he would lead them or what he would do, but to listen, to hear his voice and to do what he said. Jesus spent so much time praying, listening, desiring to know what his father wanted him to do. And he said, I only do what I see my father doing. In other words, for Jesus, the only thing he ever wanted was to be obedient to his heavenly father. And he says to his disciples on many an occasion, if you have ears to hear, listen. In other words, if you want to know, if you yearn to hear me speak, if you accept that I am the Holy One, I am the Anointed One, I am the one who is in control. Bend your ear and hear the words of life. Jesus said that to him who has, much more will be given. Him who has what? Him who has an absolute persuasion that it is a very worthwhile thing to listen to the Lord. If we have no faith and we have no trust and we have no assurance, if we have no desire to hear his voice, then he won't speak, for his words do not return to him void. But if we will bow the knee, if we will listen and come humbly, realising that we are but slaves, we are but servants, we are but like the grass, the Bible says, that is here today yet gone tomorrow, realising that we need not only a saviour, but we need someone to teach us, someone to guide us, someone to instruct us, someone to accept us and take us under their wing and show us the way. Jesus said, to Jerusalem, I would have gathered you under my wing like chicks, but you would not. 
the disciples finally realised that all their passion, all their presence, all their hard work, all their strength, all their tradition, all their teaching, and in fact, even the long days that they had been with Jesus, all of that did not qualify them to be able to teach. It did not qualify them to make decisions. It did not make them wise. What made them wise was an empowering and infilling and a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And this came upon them because they obeyed the words that Jesus had spoke. He did not say, go and stand on a platform and all people will think you are great. No, Jesus said, go alone. Wait on your own. Shut the door as he taught before in Matthew 6. Go into your closet and shut the door. Shut the door. In Noah's day, God shut the door of the ark to protect his dear ones. Whilst everyone else died in the flood, God locks Noah inside the ark with his family. I've often wondered how it felt for Noah to be locked away for all of that time with only his family, where some of us at the moment have been locked away in lockdown in our houses, either alone or only with our families. And it can be and has been so incredibly difficult for so many people. There has been so much about mental health. So much said on the news about how this can affect you and how hard it has been. Because we are social animals, we are social beings. We thrive from being together. But Noah was apparently locked up in that boat with only his family. He was on lockdown because there was something very deadly outside of the ark. A flood that apparently was killing the whole of the known world at that time. It's a side note, but the Bible doesn't say it was the whole world. It says it was the whole of the known world. How interesting it is that Noah himself was on lockdown. And when he came out of the boat, we know the story that God gave a rainbow. And the rainbow meant, I will not flood the earth again. At the moment in the UK, the sign for the NHS is a rainbow and rainbows are popping up all over the place. I drove past a park the other day and there was a rainbow painted onto the grass. I'd had the privilege of passing the day before and seeing the men painting the rainbow. I love rainbows. They're so very important for me in my life for many reasons. I love that God talks to us through rainbows, through all the colours of the world. I love that God speaks to us through signs. I love that God gave Noah signs even when Noah was in the ark. Noah sent out a raven. He sent out some doves. 
God gave him signs. Signs to say what was happening in the outside world. Signs to tell him that it was either okay to exit or not okay. But God closed the door for Noah. And God locked him down for 40 days and 40 nights while the rain poured outside. And it must have been horrific, but God did it to save him. Did Noah have precious intimate times with God when he was on lockdown? I really do wonder. I know that when Moses went up the mountain alone with God, he had incredible experiences. I know that when Jesus went alone to pray, he met with his heavenly father. I know that there are stories and stories and stories in the scriptures of people like Elijah who went to the edge of a cave after being all on his own inside of the cage and he heard the very voice of God. And here we have the disciples who are put into lockdown. They had to close the door and listen. They'd come to the point where the only person they worshipped was God, not themselves, not other people, not tradition, just God. They came to the point where nothing else was going to be good enough. Only God. For they had seen the power of God in the resurrection body of Jesus Christ and nothing else would satisfy the hunger that they now had. For the impossible, for the triumphant, for the victorious one. They wanted what he had, they wanted what he had shown them and they wanted what he had promised them. God has promised that to me and you too. He's promised purpose, he's promised passion, he's promised provision, he's promised protection, he's promised his peace. In this time of lockdown, many of us have felt a lack of peace. Some of us are struggling with a lack of provision and a lack of protection. Although Noah was locked inside of the ark, there is nothing to say that his peace wavered and there is nothing to say that his provision ran out. I find this incredible. Let me remind you once again, he was locked down, but he was locked down with the one who never leaves. Let me tell you that again, he was locked down with the one who never leaves. And a third time, for when I truly know something is true, I say it three times. He was locked down with the one who never leaves. I have said many times that Jesus hung on the cross and he could not move. But he was locked down with the one who never leaves. Stephen was stoned to death in the book of Acts. But he was locked down with the one who never leaves and it says he lifted his eyes to heaven. And he saw the Lord. Who have you been locked down with? Have you remembered the one who never leaves? I once saw an episode of Touched by an Angel, a famous American TV programme that me and my whole family love. In this episode, a man explained how 
He had not talked to the Lord for a long time and his mother looked at him in a very, very touching episode and said, He is not one who moves. God does not sleep. He does not go aside. He does not leave you. And this is not based on feeling. For Peter knew what it was to feel. As I've explained in this series, Peter was the passionate one. Peter was passionate and passionate about purpose. But his feelings often led him to disaster and destruction. And in fact, when he spoke out his feelings, Jesus said, Get ye behind me, Satan. I've told us many times that Jeremiah says, The heart is the most deceitful thing in all the world. I feel that when God said those words, he said them with sadness. For the heart is what all of us tend to follow so very often. And when we're in lockdown, so very often our heart is broken. But we have been asked to stay at home, to protect ourselves and others and the NHS from a deadly disease, from a deadly virus, from something which kills. And we have been locked down with the one who does not leave. You may be someone who has lost work. Perhaps all the doors have closed. Provision is drying up and you don't know what's going to happen. I want to remind you that he knows. I want to remind you that he can tell you and he can also tell you what will sustain you through this time. I want to tell you he has heard your prayers. He knows your name. Sometimes he says stop. And sometimes he stops us so that we might listen. So that we might come back to that only thing that we really need to thirst for. The thing the disciples realised, as I said at the beginning of this broadcast. The only thing that is worth seeking is the very voice of God. The only thing that does not leave when the mountains fall into the sea and the world crumbles is the very word of God. Many of us have been shown how fragile our lives are. Look how fragile our economy is. At the moment, we are out of control, for there is a virus that we, at the moment, cannot control. But God, who upholds this world by the word of his power, is the Almighty One. And I want to remind you that the word of God also says he is the Wonderful Counselor. I have found him to be absolutely wonderful to me. Every word he says is true. It's absolutely true. Jesus said to the disciples, go into your closet. Before he left earth, he said, go, wait for the Holy Spirit. 
and he sent the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit could come because their hearts were broken and thirsty and longing and waiting for him. They had come alone. They had come as they are. They realised who and what they are. They knew not only that they needed him, but that they wanted him. And that nothing else would satisfy that deep thirst that they had. For God, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, their prayer now was not, Lord, do it, but Lord, do it your way. Their prayer now was not, not Lord, make it happen, but make happen whatever you want, Father. These prayers are two very different things. One is, I see a way, this is the way it should be, Lord, do it. And the other one is, whatever you say, whatever you want, I want that. Please, could I be part of it, Lord? Please, can I experience you? One is asking the Lord to come with us and the other one is asking just to go with him. The Bible says that a heart contrite and broken for sin, he will not despise. Peter, John, Mary, Mary the mother of Jesus, Thomas, all of the disciples were broken and they were sorry for their sin. To sin means to miss the mark. It means to take a sidestep. It means to not be on that path that God wants for us. And we have all done this. Some days we exclude him. We don't think about him. But that does not stop us coming home and coming back. It does not stop us realising that the one who does not leave is still there, just waiting for us to do as Mary said. Obey whatever he says. The wedding of Canaan, she says, whatever he says, do it. For me to do whatever he says, I have to listen to whatever he says and be willing to obey whatever he says. And that means going into my closet, locking myself down and praying to the one who sees in secret. We so often only care about what people see and what people hear. We very often want to reach out for Jesus or we just mix and wonder what others think of us. How often do you wonder what the wonderful counsellor thinks of you? How often do you come broken inside because you know that that which you are not, he is. When we realise who we are, we also realise how incredible it is that he loves us. And he wants us. And he wants time with us. And he wants to change us so he can know us deeper and fuller. And what I mean by know there is not a have a knowledge of because he already has a knowledge of us. But I mean know us, be intimate with us. Have a two-way relationship 
with us, a communication, a fellowship. Do you know it's so dynamic to know him, to be taught by him, to be led by him, for him to communicate with you and me. And for the disciples, this became the most important thing in all of their lives. Is this that way for you? Is this that way for me? Who are you spending lockdown with? Who are you thirsting for? What are you missing? Because if you have him, there is no need to miss anything. Take this time to shut the door of your closet. And as Jesus said, wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait for the Holy Spirit. We have nothing. We cannot control our lives. But he loves us and he wants to send the comforter and the consoler. How wonderful it is to know Jesus. How incredible it is to be comforted by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Why did I ever want anything else? Why was anything ever ever so important or more important to me. I find the more I know him and the more I walk with him, no matter what anybody thinks or says, I find that as Paul said, I count everything else dross, rubbish, compared to the glory of knowing Jesus. People can pinpoint you, they can pick on you, they can talk about all the different things they do not accept about you. These things used to bother me, but no, not anymore. Because I have Jesus. And I have him more and more and deeper and fuller every single day. I cannot explain what it is to know him. Oh, my goodness me. For the rest of my life, I'm locked down with the one who never leaves. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. I will never be anyone else but me, and you will never be anyone else but you. We are contained inside of a human body, but we are locked down in these bodies and locked down with all of our imperfections with the one who never leaves. Will you seek him with me? Now we've come through Easter and we've studied and listened to talks about each character around that cross. We've heard how they were broken and how he came and mended their hearts. 
and how that heart that was broken was now attached to him and hung on his every word. We will begin to study the power that came upon them, the presence that they then had, the authority that they knew. But today my question to you is, dear friends in lockdown, with all of your inabilities, with all of your lack of control, will you seek him? Will you wait for him? Will you bow the knee and humble yourself in your innermost being and be grateful? that you are locked down with the dear, incredible one who never leaves. I will talk to you tomorrow. All of my love. God bless. If you would like to support our work, you can find details at info at comebacktogod.org.